This episode of D2B2 Sports was recorded back in about mid to late August, so football season had not kicked off yet. If you hear anything that seems out of place, out of time, that is largely the reason why. Or you've fallen through a weird loophole in the time-space continuum and you're stuck back in time. I don't know which it is, but you should probably figure it out. Good luck. Sure to rip those nice and neatly into the microphone for me. Get yeah. some good ASMR. Um, how do you feel about the fact that I was watching a... Do you know there's a new se- uh, season of Beavis and Butthead? I did know that, in fact. Yeah. No, I, uh, they did that movie first a few weeks back yeah. when they started the new series. Um, I was watching a new episode the other day. And it's got the exact same theme as it did, God, I don't know, 25 years ago, whenever Peebus and Butthead came out the first time. Yeah, that's about right, 25 to 30. And the the show runs the same storyline, right? Where there's like one plot, one thing that they are actively engaging in, but then it'll, it'll intermittently cut to like a four-minute scene of them just hanging out on the couch watching whatever they're watching on MTV, right? And Is it still was, MTV? Is it streaming now? Like, what are they watching now? Because it was always pretty much music videos, mostly. Once upon it seems a time. like it's still like mostly music videos or MTV themed things. I mean, they might have like shifted gears to it's like mostly they're watching videos. YouTube videos instead. It's I guess. Yeah, no, I'm I was 16 curious. and pregnant, or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Well, teen <laughs> mom. Okay, that's what Jersey MTV. Shore. Yeah, that's. But he was he was asking what are Beavis and Butthead watching in the show? Oh, not not what's sorry, on MTV. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I guess that's it's... why I was confused. I was like, they're probably not watching MTV anymore. Cause... Yeah. But they are watching videos, so I guess maybe they're just watching, like, YouTube videos. Fascinating. But there was one where they were watching a whatever-the-hell-you-keep-referencing. They were watching an ASMR video. Oh, yeah. And I, the whole time I was like, what the hell yeah. is this? So ASMR is the recording of, like, sound effects or in combination with, like, very gentle talking. That's really It's people that like to That, like, apparently has, like, some like arousing, arousing like nature the, for some like, people. Yeah, it's, like, almost a whisper, but not quite. But sometimes is fully whispering, and it's just it's really weird. Neat sound effects like ripping paper. We'll see ya. Thanks. We will have fun, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, y'all? Sitting here live in the underground. Not live for you, pre-recorded as fuck. But we're alive right now. We are alive. Also underground, physically speaking. Physically speaking, all up under the ground. I'm Derek. Derek. And I'm Nikki Sager. Hey, Nikki, cover Winkler in bees. We're sitting here, hanging out, pumped up, and uh, we're doing something we had so much fun doing the last time that we're going to run it right back again. We're going to grab some random questions. This time out of just a pile. I've kind of just got a pile of my questions crumpled up next to me. I think Nick's more or less got a pile next to him kind of just crumpled up. 
We're going to ask each other some absolutely fucking bananas questions. We're, that, t- we're taking the bag out of the grab bag episode. The, yeah, it's just the, a grab. I'm just going to grab just a grab. We're just grabbing stuff. But uh, I, all of mine, I think, technically relate to sports. <laughs> some are more direct than it others. But I think they're all, I think there's sports relevance to all of them. Same. Nice. Nice. Um, if you didn't listen last time, the format here is pretty simple. Each of us are going to take turns throwing utterly absurd questions at each other that we've written for each other. So I wrote the questions I'm going to ask Nick. He wrote the questions he's going to ask me. As we like to do around here, we'll flip a ceremonial random object. Well, last time we operated on about a 30% legitimate sports-themed topic of conversation and about 70% just hardcore nonsense. It seems like you may have gone just... Completely 100% commitment to the nonsense. I, uh, well, with only, uh, we only did five questions this time instead of ten. Right. And I had a tough time dedicating any of those to any level of seriousness. So, yeah, <laughs> no, there's, I have steered further towards the nonsense than I did even last time, which was pretty nonsensical. That's fine. I only have one that's like relatively not off the Richter insane, but the answer is going to get weird anyway, just inherently. That's fine. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, that's that's what manic Mondays are for, you know. We're we're hanging, we're throwing these out there on what I, I do. You like the idea for the name Manic Mondays or Maniac Mondays, or I don't know. I like the alliteration here. Sure, I think Manic Mondays works. It's our day of nonsense. It's the day that we uh, stop talking analytics, stop talking crazy numbers, and do shit like draft video game characters or uh, things of the like. But you know, yet again, the the random thing I have in my pocket. Is a Bic lighter. Bic or no Bic? Bic yeah, it's Bic or back, sir. Bic or back. I am sorry. Yeah, get with the format. I am sorry. Call it in the air. Back. Oh, it's Bic. I'm over. Did I call back last time? I know I'm over two. Yeah, you're over two with the lighter so far. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? This time I'm going to have you ask me first just to switch, give myself the old switcheroo. All right. Question number one coming at you. With the old redraw, right on question one, decided I'm not you with the question I drew first. I respect that. Fuck it. No rules here. That's fine. Outside of major league baseball, I'm sorry, outside of minor league baseball, there's not a lot of creativity in terms of pro sports teams' nicknames, right? They're all, I mean, let's we can call it what it is. They're all pretty boring, right? Lots of animals, some pirates, patriots. I thought the St. Louis Blues to be an interesting one. Blues, but... For the most part... Because it's named after music. Relatively commonplace, right? Sure. Create yeah. two of your own nicknames for pro sports teams and describe them. Ooh, nice. All right, I'm going to sit on that for a second here. <laughs> there are some incredibly good minor league ones, by the way. Minor league baseball. Nice. I believe you. Uh, we've talked about this briefly before. You've told me about some gems out there, and I had a good chuckle about it for sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to stew on that for a second. Don't tell me any of those, because I don't want it to taint my own creations. You could, we can tell me some funny ones after I name mine. You said taint. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I've been watching Beavis and Butthead lately. I, I, it's stuck. <laughs> I can't. Taint. Uh, I would name a team after the Hobbits. Uh, I, like, uh, if, I, if it was like, uh... Anywhere with the, any city with the word Shire in it, I'm steering like there's there's cities with like the word Shire at the end, right? 
I think they're all English soccer teams that you're discussing right now. Yeah, but that's fine. All right, yeah, so that's fine. Yeah, uh, we're gonna be the Blankenshire Hobbits. Yeah. Um. So such su- such ways will steer into this at the stadium. Champions of Middle Earth. Yeah. Um. Every booth, as you go around the perimeter of the stadium, as the champions of Middle Earth, naturally, there's going to be a first breakfast booth and a second breakfast booth and an elevensies booth, and they're each going to have like different food items that you'd eat staggered later and later through the day. So you can kind of like throughout the entire time at the ballpark, you can also get your various snacks on and get all of your Hobbit meals in. If I'm envisioning this correctly, are you designing the stadium? Like a chronosphere, like a clock with different restaurants that correlate to what time it would be if the circular stadium was a clock. Yeah, sort of. Well, it's not about the time like as much. Due as like, north is noon. That's like the lunch yeah, section. Yeah, well, it's, it's really just in rotation of the Hobbit meal schedule, which is naturally what eleven meals in a day for a Hobbit, I believe. I think <laughs> they eat eleven meals a day. I, I gotta come clean. I'm not exactly certain what the no, Hobbit I, meal schedule I, is. I was pretty confident you weren't like a massive Tolkien head, for sure. I, I no. didn't anticipate that at all. I'm more just reflecting to self. Uh, if I messed up the number of Hobbit meals, listeners, I'm sorry. Can we incorporate uh, my idea, though, and actually have the, the, the tour of restaurants to, like, follow a watch dial or a clock, oh, no. if you will? That's their side business on non-game days. Like, yeah. those restaurants are all open during the game just because, like, you know, you got to have a variety of booths around just so it's not a huge line at any one of them. But on the off days, there's actually a full tour that you can live the life of a hobbit for the day. Solid. And you just go around and eat 11 meals throughout the day. That's only one. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, right. there's got to yeah. be another one yeah. coming. So, so one is themed after hobbits. I think the other one, I'm going to... I'd go with a tribute that's one of the most hardcore, survivable will out-survive most other creatures on this planet, will probably outlive the Holocaust creature. And we're going to be the cockroaches. Uh, I was hoping. We're going to be the cockroaches. Um, <laughs> and now, we're going we're to, yeah. So the players... The logo have, could go a couple of different directions here. There's some some potential for an R-rated logo. Oh, we're not going to steer into the cock part. We're, oh. we're, we're steering into the survivable instinct part. Mm-hmm. It, as easy as it would be to steer towards the dick... Many of our fans will do that on lot anyway. Like they'll be like non-official team merch sold by a dude that pressed some t-shirts in his van real quick. Yeah, there's going to be the, the logos and stuff. The sketchball dude selling them on the corner that has like no affiliation with the league. Every time the team is playing really poorly, like uh, how Saints fans used to have the paper bag handy, um, our the cockroach fans will in fact just have like a suction cupped dildo to stick to the top Good. of their heads. Yeah. Just to like reflect how cocky, cock-like. I don't want to say cocky. Different de- determination work. there. Cock-like. The cockroaches are playing. Yeah, I um, assume when your when your team's in a slump, there's going to be a lot of references about how they're playing soft. Yep, definitely playing soft. Yeah. Uh, but you know they they want to be hard nosed on defense. Whatever. Sport there it they're is. Playing. Yeah. But no, the, the helmets will have like little cockroach wings going off them. It's all going to be just a poop brown, ugly color like a cockroach. Some cool whiskers, perhaps, or like antennae going off the top. Like We're really going to steer into the bug aesthetic. And we're going to expect to have a coach at whatever sport we're fucking playing. I don't, I don't know what sport I, I'm assigning the cockroaches to. I feel like at one point you pointed out that they're wearing helmets. 
Yeah, yeah, they're in helmets. So narrows, you know, well, that doesn't narrow it down too much. No, I want the cockroaches. They're to not be a, a basketball team. team. Deep, deep down, I want them to be a football team. That's what I'm visualizing here. It just gives me the most chance to add antennae and other weird nonsense on. <laughs> really lean into the well. bu- the bug aesthetic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hire like a super just grit driven coach, and it's gonna be all about survivability. <laughs> Survive the apocalypse. Well done. Well done, Thanks, man. Yeah, Good answer. Appreciate it. Those are Good my answer. teams. Hit me with something. All right. Let's see what this one is. Which is better? A statement game, a coming out party, or an arrival? And actually, I'll amend my question slightly. Rank them highest to lowest. Statement game, coming out party, and arrival? Yeah, like he's arrived. Going off like sports cliche terminology. Sure. Rank. Sure. We are talking. Yeah, I, we're talking about a statement game for an individual, not for a team. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, that's like much more individual based than team based. I'm gonna say, if you were to, just to make sure I'm on the right page here, I'm confident I am. If you were to put these in order, you would normally say that there was an arrival, right? Then there was a coming out party. And sure. then probably a statement game after that. But I suppose a statement game has more to do with, like, circumstance, right? Like, a statement game is probably, like, getting over the hump or beating a team that you've lost to four times in a row or something along those lines. Am I right? Sure, yeah. Define it. I, mean, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I understand what the difference between an arrival game and a coming out party. Well, that's, the, that's what we're trying to define here. Because I, I think all three are kind of, like, intentionally vague jargon. Oh, all right. They're all pretty, like, heavily cliched terms. So I want your definition of them and rank them like highest to lowest. Like Sweet. which is which is the strongest of the three and which is the weakest of the three. Okay. That's what I really want to know here. This is fine. they're all such nonsense cliches. <laughs> I'm gonna say the arrival is the weakest. And I think that I'm gonna say that because to me, the terminology, the definition of that is is hopefully it's somebody's grand opening or somebody uh, Making their entrance into the league on what is hopefully a high note, but probably not even always a high note, right? Sure. A lot of times there's enough hype and enough touting behind a guy before he ever makes it to whatever the the big leagues might be, whether it's the majors or whether it's the NFL or whether it's the NBA. That I mean, I think that hype often does not materialize the way that you expect it to, right? Yeah. So I'm putting that at the at. The bottom of the barrel. That's the least exciting of the those arrival. events. Right. right. Even when it is a positive event, because I think that it's it's unreasonable how much we expect out of people that are considered to be prospects in whatever their given sport is, right? I mean, obviously for the NFL and the NBA, it's guys that are just coming right out of college. For baseball, it's guys that have been in the minors for anywhere from one to four years, but once you make it on that that next list of the next top 10 guys, top 10, top 15 guys, people seem to think that there's no chance you're not going to live up to this hype, which is amazingly flawed. I'll put the, the coming out party, I suppose, next, because I think the way that I perceive it means that you have actually been there for a while, and maybe this was like your first big game, right? Or maybe you struggled for a while, and then you had your first big game, right? And I'll follow that up with the the most exciting and also probably most valuable would would be the the statement game because I think that's like the uh, well like I said it, it's the you know the the guy that that couldn't get over the hump or maybe it's 
Oh, there's got to be. There's got to be like a really. Oh, maybe it's the. Uh, Here's a perfect one, right? Maybe it's it's Michael Jordan finally beating the Pistons in the playoffs. Like that's a statement game, right? Yeah, yeah, it makes it. You could say the same thing about the Pistons finally beating the the Celtics and the Lakers in the playoffs, sure. right? Like I remember as a young dude, you know, late '80s, it was always like, it was always like just hoping that they would draw the Hawks in the playoffs because they could beat the Hawks. But if they drew the Celtics, they probably weren't going to beat the Celtics. And yep. almost always it seemed like you drew the Hawks and then beat them and then had to play the Celtics. And then played the Celtics, yeah. yeah. And then lost. And then after many years, that you know they, they got over that hump. But that's got to be the most satisfying from as a fan and as a player or as an industry person. Nice. I, uh, you know, I, uh, I would have had them in a different order, but I respect your reasoning behind it. I, I had them in my head mentally after, after uh, reading it out to you. I think I agree that arrivals on the lowest turn. Because it's like you're showing up. You're here now. You weren't in this. You weren't even in the conversation. weren't even in the mix before. You've arrived. You're in the convo. You're yeah. in the mix now. But you haven't done anything yet, right? The way that I envision what we're talking about, yeah. right? And then I think you have a statement game. Okay. That's like the. You've really stated your purpose now. You arrived, and before it was like, all right, he's cute. He's here now. Cute. Uh, yeah, cute. You know, that's, there's an arrival, new kid on the block. That's cool. Statement game's like, oh, this dude might be for real. Coming out party is the big climax to me where it's like, oh, no, this dude's, like, elite tier. Like, uh, if Ja Morant could have actually gone deep in that Warrior series in the playoffs this year, I think that would have been a coming-out party. I Well, it, it's a shame that he got hurt and we didn't actually see what could have been. Oh, yeah, that that's true. Been, I forgot about yeah. that injury. Yeah, good point. But, yep, yeah, uh, fair enough. It's, uh, I, I just like cliche jargon nonsense and wanted to ask about it because I thought it was funny. So that's my first, that's my lead-off question, sir. Hit me with another. From the grab pack. Not to be confused with the grab bag, as there's no bag. No bag. This is going to be a good one, I can tell, because there's a lot of writing on it. Oh, boy. So it's going to be very involved. Much writing involved. Oh, nope, I just crossed off a lot of stuff. Oh, oh fake out. This is right up your alley, though. You're going to enjoy this. I like my alley. Uh, we all know Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, as the face of Papa John's. Combine another athlete with another restaurant. That would be a perfect match <laughs> as a marketing team. I am very happy you threw this at me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this this is a question I can get behind. So we got Shaq for Papa John's out there. It doesn't necessarily have to be something in the the food and beverage arena. That's just what came to mind because I was thinking of Shaq. If you want to, yeah, no, I'm. I'm in, if I'm you want not, to make somebody the, the face of drill bits, you no, can go for no, it. I'm very interested in going food, food and beverage specific for sure here. Um, does it have to be a current player? Absolutely not. Nice. Well, Shaq's guess, not a current yeah, player. I, I realized that right after I asked the question, yeah. To me, Shaq is always a current player. Like, Shaq couldn't play in a game proper. But given, like, one possession, I think Shaq could back down and dunk on any player in the NBA still. Absolutely. Like, for just, like, a single possession. Like I said, he couldn't get in the game anymore. He's obviously not athletic enough to do that. But I think given one chance with the ball in his hand, he could back down and dunk on fucking anybody still. Well, I think he was backing down and dunking on way more physical players than there are in the NFL today when he was playing, right? I mean, they they didn't make guys like Shaq back then. There were other guys that were big and physical. Like that's just not how centers work anymore. No, right? no, the center of position has evolved. Yeah, now they're shooting four threes a game. Yeah, 
Like, there's, like, two of those guys left in the NBA, and they get, like, 15 minutes a game because they can't be trusted on defense to defend the guys who shoot That's four threes three, in yeah. the game. <laughs> like, you know, it's funny, and one of them just got traded for five first-round fucking picks. <laughs> like, Rudy Gobert, for two seasons in a row now, has been the reason Utah has been knocked out of the playoffs because he can't be trusted on defense against stretch fives. And Minnesota was like, yeah, five first-round picks. Let's we'll take do it. Him. Fuck yeah, let's do it. Send him over here. Send him over. We got we have Carl Anthony Towns already. Let's just put him next to that. It'll be fine. Two huge guys. Because Cat just wants to shoot threes now, so he, he wants, doesn't want to be in the paint anymore. We need someone down there. <laughs> Although I did hear a defense of that once that was just like, well, Minnesota's never going to get someone of note to come there voluntarily, so they might as well... Trade five first. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine, but pick a better player than that. What's funny is you could say the same thing about Utah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's really funny? They just bided their time another month. They probably could have gotten Kevin Durant with that fucking package. Ah. It's better than anything else Brooklyn's been offered at this point yeah. for him. Like, imagine, and then that team's a legit threat. Like, Anthony Edwards, Cat, and KD is a legit title threat if Minnesota just, like, plays their cards patiently and doesn't go out and trade five firsts, most of which unprotected, for Rudy Gobert. It is. You're 100% right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I would, you know, I think this one's pretty easy. I uh, I would go <laughs> with, I'd go with Gronk. Perfect. Repping TGI Fridays. And just, like, really going back to the, like, you remember how TGI Fridays used to be all about, like, the liquor bottle flare and, like, all that before they became, like, wannabe Applebee's, basically? Is, is Fridays even still around? Yeah, there's not that many those? of them left, but I think Gronk could help save them. That's the pitch here. So, like, Gronk is going to go back in there and be like, what happened? When, why did this become such a family thing? It was centered around Fridays and parties and happy hour. Happy hour. Bartenders tossing liquor bottles around and just, like, appetizers and shots. And they're going to go back to that bottle. TGI Fridays getting rid of all the Applebee's relic nonsense. They're going back to fucking liquor bottle flare. Gronk's going to be in the commercial doing shots with just random people. It's going to be awesome. It's just going to be him eating like boneless wings and cheeseburger sliders and doing shots of tequila and just saying, man, thank can God we, it's Friday. Could we like also incorporate a sponsorship? We need like a product sponsorship as well, though, right? So could sure. we add to the, the Gronk Fridays pairing the um, – <laughs> Slightly alcoholic workout formula known as Fight Milk from the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) Gronk promoting Fight Milk at a TGI Fridays as a perfect trio. Yeah, I mean, the synergy there is just outstanding. Yeah, I'll allow it. I'm in. That's my answer, though. It's money. Some dude's just in a bar fight casually behind him in the commercial. Like, we're like, Friday's just really going for a different image with Gronk. Yeah, but it's like a dude that's, like, shirtless, but is, like, wearing, like, wings behind him, right? Like, like not, like, bird wings, right? Probably yeah. eating buffalo wings, wearing yeah. wings. Oh, whatever. Wait, didn't you just ask me a question? I did. Oh, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm just... Reorganizing your piece of paper. All right, here we go. If you could pick one athlete from each major sport to build a bowling team... And you're like the fifth member. Like one of them's a sub, and they kind of like rotate it. You can actually pick which one's a sub. So it's you, three mains, and one sub building the, your on dream a bowling on team. a bowling team. Cutting it up. 
league night, drinking pitchers, having a good time. Here's the – you know what's interesting about this is there's a, a handful of athletes that I know to be really, really good at bowling. Yeah, but you don't want to party with any of those guys. I don't want to hang out with any of those yeah, dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I don't – like, I like Chris Paul. I'm still in the like Chris yeah. Paul camp, but I don't really want to hang out with Chris Paul. No. Um, I'm not even sure I really wanted to hang out with Chris Paul when he was young and maybe having fun, but I certainly don't know. I also don't know. That being said, he's like my age or a year or two older and younger than you, I think. But uh, I'm, I tra- he's like mentally a 60-year-old to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I also, I'm going to get this out of the way immediately. I'm not going to include any professional bowlers in this question, which might be counterintuitive. But for the most part, I don't know that they necessarily look like they would be a ton of fun to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, no, no pro bowlers. Either. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a competitive league. This is a drinking league. Yeah. Um, immediately, I, uh, I want Charles Barkley on this team right away. Hell yeah. Good first choice. Not only do I, I have it in my head, while not being on good authority, but I have it in my head that something tells me Barkley can at least, he's got a little bit of, of bowling game, I would think, right? If you're going to tell me Charles Barkley has no skill in a bowling alley, then I'm going to show you a video of him golfing and say there's no way he's this bad. Yeah, you know, it's, well, it's funny that you mentioned the golf thing specifically because the golf thing was made was what was making me think he would be bad at bowling. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, maybe he's – I think that might just be him overthinking the mechanics of a golf shot. Yeah. Throwing a bowling ball is much easier. Without a doubt. I think, I think Chuck's got some decent bowling game. I bet Chuck's decent on the lanes. And – I bet he's in, like, the middle of the pack on your team overall, based on who you pick. But I bet he'll land in, like, the middle of the pack in skill-wise. Definitely a guy that I want to have on my team. If maybe we're bowling against, uh, like, Gronk and his crew, that's had a little bit too much fight milk. Like, I think I might want Barkley on my side of that interaction. Um, I think his commentary would absolutely be priceless as well. I feel like I, if I could you just hear him say, that's terrible, eight times a night at a bowling alley, like, that would be good enough to justify him being on the team alone. Oh, 100%. No question there. Yeah. And also, Chuck is at minimum buying like three plates of hot wings for the guys. Hands down. Like, Chuck is ordering all the apps. Like, just like every two frames, you're looking over at that little shared table you guys have, and a different app has landed in. <laughs> um, I think... I Can I use coaches? Sure. Yeah, just one uh, one from each sport will be my only caveat. That's fine. Coaches, former players, announcers of the sport. Just, don't, I don't really care. I'm pretty loose with this. Excellent. All right. Then I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to grab Sean Payton. Only because I thought about Cliff Kingsbury, but I, I think that Sean Payton was enough of an offensive mastermind and he was creative enough in his time that he, he really had a good understanding of what to do with his weapons, right? So I think that this is going to be a guy that's going to show up at the bowling alley with like 13 different bowling balls and we'll know exactly which one should be thrown on each lane under each conditions. So I can just worry about having a beer and not have to sweat that, right? That's nice. If I can like Sean Payton make those decisions for me. He's your own bowling caddy? Yeah. Well, but he's also on the team. It's like a... He's a twofer. Caddy pro. No, I I love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I need a sub and I need one more. Okay. Um... Yeah, so you have hockey and baseball to pick from for your sub and full-timer. Well, I, am I not allowed to step outside the box? Do I have to use the four major sports? No, fuck it. Step outside the box. I don't care. Was that, was Just that part no of the... repeating a sport. The, okay. the question was four majors. I don't really care. 
Just no repeating a sport. Okay. Go. Yeah. I'm, I want to see your bowling team vision. Um, no fun hockey players you can think of or no fun baseball players you can think of? Hockey players. <laughs> now, who did you have in mind from outside of those worlds? I was considering Mario Andretti in case we needed a getaway driver if we got into some trouble at the bowling alley. Again, if Gronk and the Fight Milk crew yeah. come at you. Yeah, I Man, want someone really that I can trust. For, you're really prepared for Gronk and the boys fresh off a run at Friday. You gotta have a, a game plan when it comes to this kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, things, not are, things are getting thing. aggressive at my new edition of Fridays, you for sure. Well, I mean, let's be serious. If we're going to really try to revitalize the Fridays franchise, the best place to put one is next to a bowling alley. Oh, 100% right about that. Yeah. No question there. Hockey is tough. I don't really know. I don't feel like a lot of hockey players really throw their personalities out there too much, right? Maybe it's because they don't speak English. I don't yeah. know what the I've got the one hockey player here. I would go oh, Is it I Bob have, Probert? No, I actually, I have one former hockey player I would go with. There's like a Red Wings Homer thing in me, and just like things I know about him as a person. I'd go Darren McCarty. He's a big pothead now. Like he like grows Good. his own weed and stuff. Yeah. I'm like I'm, I'm I'd go Darren McCarty for my own weed instincts and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know much about personalities of many hockey players. So I mean, if I'm gonna stick with the concern over the Gronk physical altercation, Bob Probert might be the the, the direction to go, right? Um, I think baseball wise, I gotta at least put some athletic ability on the forefront of this conversation? Because I haven't really put that into... Yeah, you kind of need at least yeah one ace up your sleeve really is kind of what you're looking for here. been much of a concern yet. Um, I guess in that regard, I'm probably baseball-wise, you got to take a pitcher. you got to take a guy who can throw some heat, right? I think I'd probably take a Aroldis Chapman. If you can take a pitcher that can throw a baseball 105 miles an hour, you got to be able to throw a bowling ball pretty damn hard. Right? I would think so. Yeah, that, that stands to reason. And, well... With relatively good aim if you're a pitcher as well, right? Wouldn't you think pitchers would be the best bowlers out of any other position slash sport out there? Baseball pitcher has the most correlation to being a bowler? Yeah, I would think that. Yes, I would. I would indeed. Um, I would think curlers are also oh, good at bowling. You just want to talk about curling. I mean, no, but it's like the form thing. And like a long lane that you're rolling something down to and trying to get into a specific spot. Like, yeah, know. but curling, you're trying to stop it somewhere. Whereas in bowling, you're trying you're to throw it whipping through it the fuck something. Down there. Yeah, right? now, that's a fair point. But I still think the lane chemistry here is kind of going to pay off at least slightly from curl in like the curling to bowling transition. Well, I don't know. I mean, just because... I mean, a pitcher to a catcher, that's a lane also. There's just ah. not a gutter around it. <laughs> ah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Well, unless you're playing in, in uh, Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, and then the gutter around it is the whole stadium. Is the, yeah. Because you live in a garbage state, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh! Had to, get my, uh, had to get my daily roast to Pennsylvania. Bam! You've been roasted. That's it. And I guess I, I think not... So you go with Mario Andretti as your sub? Or are you sticking with... Uh, well, no, I, 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 I've got a team of five. Oh, you want Probert? Yeah. All right, nice. I suppose. Just, I'll stick with the, the rules as laid out. Probert's your sub, though? Certainly. Nice. Run, run the five down for me, guys. So, it's, well, it's you and then... Charles Barkley, Aroldis Chapman, Bob Probert, <laughs> and uh, Sean Payton as the mastermind Man. With, of the, the equipment manager Your well. team, you guys are aggressively old. She has some old fucks out there on the lanes. I think out of all the sports in the world, bowling requires youth 
the least. Oh, Other no, than yeah. golf, I guess, probably. Yeah, no, I mean, we're playing an old man's game, but I'm just pointing out, yeah, your team is old I as fucking dirt. I did not value yeah. youth. You're yeah, right about no, that. Old as fucking dirt. Yeah. And Araldus. You got, you got Chapman in the car. Yeah, but he's Cuban, so he's probably 57 also. Mm, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Right? And you got me there. Nice. All right. Hit, All me, right. Uh, hit me with a question. Uh, this is a pretty good one. People have long said that running quarterbacks won't work in the NFL. I think we're starting to learn that this might not be the case. What other common sports theory is it time to abandon? Do you understand the parameters of the question? I do. Okay. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. I think you phrased that well. Let's see. That's a good question. It's an interesting question. I, like right? yeah, I think yeah. the only thing is that you haven't really seen one. You haven't seen like a. Uh, I don't want to call it a predominant running quarterback because even ones that do it all the time are obviously predominantly passing quarterbacks. But maybe one that really favors the running game hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. That's probably the only No, caveat. but there's one that's won an MVP. And we've seen co- more elusive quarterbacks than generations past win Super Bowls. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Like, those guys aren't sure. – I don't think of either of them as running quarterbacks. I just think of them as elusive. Yeah, that's right. But, great. I, that's but uh, I certainly think that their legs helped them get there. Yeah. You know? So I think there's pl- I think there's plenty of merit to your argument that yes it's it's getting hard to argue against the value of having a quarterback that can run. Now obviously teams are still focused on certain throwing metrics as the primary thing they're focusing in on, but your your exceptional talents physically are getting a more thorough and uh, earnest lo- and honest look from coaching staffs and stuff, even in the draft process now than they were five, ten years ago. Think about the fact that a fair amount of NFL like analysts, people that are paid good amount of money to talk about this sport, were saying Lamar Jackson should enter the draft as a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a common thought. That was a super common thought. I would say that that thought was more common than people who were backing him to be a genuinely good quarterback. Because then there were people that was like, no, you should get drafted as a quarterback, but I don't think he'll be very good. There was like that middle that were kind of riding the pine. I always believed in Lamar. I thought he was going to be sweet. I'm pretty, I'm very happy that he is sweet. He's not the greatest thrower of all time, but it doesn't need to be. He's he a, has he's, a, he's awesome. substantially better passing metrics than most people think. I agree like, with that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, notions that should be challenged to outright change in people's minds at this point. I think, going over to basketball here, Okay. I think we're, we've seen it for years now, the, the way that basketball is becoming more and more positionless. Centers are, are dribbling the ball down the floor. Centers are facilitating office, offenses. Combo wings are defending centers. So like defenses, it's not really. There's not that much man defense left in the NBA. It's sure. So, it's so much just roaming zones, so much high and low. Well, there's not that much defense left in the NBA. Oh, sure. Not. A, I mean, fair fair point. Not a ton of defense left in the NBA. I kind of forgot where I was going with my notion of what. Uh, you, were, <laughs> you were discussing players not having a core position. Centers. Bringing the ball up the court, I don't. Oh, um, I don't know where the finish line the, was. The the notion that basketball is going to continue to evolve further that way, I think it's more of a pendulum thing. I think we're going to see more of this positionless thing kind of keep happening, 
to the point where a team's going to come along with the right athletic guys and bring back the center position to a scale. Okay. Like, I think we're going to see somewhat more of a drift back to insanely physical centers that can just get what they want in the post because the post is going to become so murky with a bunch of six, seven guys. Like you're seeing so many teams that are just like built with a bunch of like all of our players are six, five to six, eight. This dude plays the three through five. This guy plays the one, two and four. This guy starts at point guard, but comes in later at power forward. Like you're seeing all these weird positionless things happen. And I think we're ripe for the pickings for a handful of just like insanely athletic dudes at center. But then, like, you've got the other side of the spectrum. Like, the guy that the number two pick in the draft this year is a center that's seven feet tall and only weighs 190 pounds. Yeah, that's really Like, that's, light. I mean, yeah, that, that's me, but a foot taller with no extra weight. That's 70 pounds lighter <laughs> than me and a foot taller than that's me. That's absurd, yeah. right? Yeah. And, I mean, I guess the assumption is that he'll put on some muscle and some more mass as time goes on. But, I mean, I don't, I don't not, know. Not 70 pounds. Yeah, not 70 pounds. Oh, uh, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna amend my answer. My okay. answer. Slightly. I'm gonna stick to the basketball thing. I stand by my guns that we're gonna see a return to post play in the NBA at some point as a counter to everything drifting to the three pointer. I was bad at beating around the bush to say that eventually. Essentially, I think we're gonna start to see some gruesome paint play again over the years. Okay, so this I can get behind this answer. Uh, from an approach standpoint, because the the evolution behind the incredible increase in three-point shots per game is basically structured behind the notion that it's the most valuable shot in the games in terms of creating points Three over Three points are minutes, more than two right? points, yes. Yeah, and you know, the difference, whatever, you get 50% more points and your guys don't shoot 50% less. So that's the incredibly simple way of looking at it, right? But I think that maybe where you're going, or maybe what I could see happening, is this is going to create an opportunity for big physical centers to be unbelievably efficient due to a lack of teams that know how to defend it or have the personnel to defend against yeah. it, right? Like, if you were to put, if you were to, this isn't even going for that far back, right? But if you were to put Dwight Howard in the NBA now, like, would, would Dwight Howard shoot 75% from the floor? Dwight Howard Prime, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, because he's in the NBA. So. You under, I, I do. No, I'm sorry. I know what you meant. I, I, I didn't phrase that very well. But no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you take Dwight Howard Prime and stick him in the middle of... I won't even say the Warriors because that's just a cheat code. I don't care. Say anyway. I'll, I'll stick him in the middle of like a middle-of-the-pack team that shoots a lot yeah. of threes because they basically just all do it now. And yeah, that whatever team that is instantly... Beca- like, Let's take one of, like, the four or five seeds in either the West or East this year. Yeah, Dwight Howard. And put, him yes. on, put him on Charlotte. Oh, there you go. That's All a team right. that shoots a ton of threes and, and has that, a lot of big guys that, that shoot yeah. threes. Yeah. Surrounded by a bunch of three-point shooting like crazy and a team with that type of size dis- disparity, essentially. Yeah, Dwight Howard probably shoots, like, 70% plus and scores well over 20 a game because he's just going to dominate people. In the yeah, game. he's... Borderline undefendable by yeah. other NBAs. Because you've got like literally about three really good defensive centers left in the NBA that could reasonably handle Dwight Howard, then the rest of the teams are just going to get shit at. Like Joel Embiid will put up a fight against him. 
strangely enough, Rudy Gobert's five first-round picks from, from that uh, Minnesota <laughs> traded for him. Suddenly, would that make more sense if there was a Dwight Howard in his prime to deal with left in the NBA? Yeah. Um, that tracks. Like the Charlotte comp there. But my other quick side note I want to make in terms of a notion that uh, needs to get broken is that the notion that there's anything amateur about NCAA football needs to just be abolished away. Like, this is a minor league professional sport. Has been since before NILs, but this is this is the minor league professional football league of our country. This is it. This is where you go. You make some money on your way to the big leagues. You get your name out there. The shamaturism, the veil has got to be ripped down the rest of the way. Did you just come up with that term? I've never no, heard this. No, I, I, I did not. I ripped off shamaturism. Yeah? I 100% ripped off shamaturism. Shout out Dan Lebetard. Show us two gods That sounds very Lebetard-esque. But, uh, no, I, I, that veil's just got to get ripped down. It's time to just treat this as the professional minor league that it is. Um... Detach it from the rest of sports and athletics at schools. Just make it an extension of the university sponsoring this football team, essentially. It is... The NCAA is going to crumble eventually, also. Unique that the NFL is the biggest of the four major sports and the only of the four major sports that doesn't really have any other avenue to play pro football. I mean... I don't want to get too into what the USFL and the XFL are because I'm pretty sure those guys make around thirty thousand dollars a year, yeah. which is it's just, I mean major minor league baseball players don't make any money either, but it just prevents it. I'm sorry, it, it at least gives <laughs> a different avenue to get to the major leagues outside of college. I mean, at least there's another right. another road to take, so to speak, right? Yeah. Currently, if you want to get drafted to the NFL, there's one thing you get to do, and it's go to college for three years minimum and then get to go to that league. And the NBA has basically no stigma over guys that want to go to Europe and play for a year and get paid and then come back to the NBA. Like, yeah. I don't think that really negatively impacts yeah, no. NBA guys can their now go to Europe. at all. Yeah. <laughs> NBA guys can now go to Europe for a year, and it's fine. Is there any? can enter the G League directly straight from high school now, get paid and coached by NBA team. Oh, there's a thing now. Um, Do teams at all frown on guys that go to the, go to Europe and play for a year? Does that, I, don't, I don't think so anymore. Does, I mean, does it knock them down two spots? Sure. And if it does, then the team that's knocking a player down two spots because they went to Europe is a foolish team. All right. Anyway, that's enough on that grander point there. But, uh, yeah, those are my answers. Those are my um, notions that I think people need to change their mind on. We got we got two more, right? Uh, I have three more over here. So I think, it's my, I think it's my question. In a battle to the death... <laughs> Man, this is this is really funny. This question, uh, in a battle to the death between Gronk and Ray Lewis, who wins? Gronk, fucking Gronk night here. This episode is just going to be called Gronk fights the world. Um, Gronk with or without fight milk is. I mean, that's clearly the question here. Well, since the uh, since Gronk has yet to pick up my phone for the uh, Friday's endorsement, we'll say without the fight milk for now. For the time being, normal All Gronk. Right. Why did you pick a guy that's already actually killed somebody? I was trying to think of, like... Like, you were trying to put together two athletes that would be a fun 
battle to the death and you just accidentally picked one that actually murdered someone? Yeah, I had actually forgotten about Ray Lewis killing someone. Yeah, I really have. That was like not intentional. That was just a thing that happened. Just the way it went down, man. I don't know. I was trying to think of like a fellow retired player who still seems like they could kick some ass. I don't even know what the creative angle is behind how I say Rob Gronkowski. There's got to be some funny angle, but it's just not hitting me because I just view him as like a kind of happy-go-lucky, funny, goofy guy and like legitimately thinking about like the way Ray Lewis used to prep for football games, like doing that sweet dance and screaming. Like that guy just looks like a violent dude. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair answer. Yeah, I... uh I, well, the, the only thing that gives Gronk's got like a 12 Even hearing him do commentary, like when he's just trying to be a calm guy on TV, he still just sounds violent when he's just talking about football. There's got to be a soundbite you can insert here that's him talking about football that just sounds like a aggressive dude. I'll insert it right here. Wow. But yeah, I uh, I was trying to think of like, the, I think the only thing that I was saying would give it balance is that Ray Lewis is like 12 years older than Gronk. I don't think it matters. But I don't think it matters at this point. Yeah, I think Ray Lewis would need to be like 60 and Gronk need yeah. to be like closer to his prime for it to really like imbalance. Yeah, I think it's Ray Lewis. Although, I guess another way of looking at it is if this fight were happening today, I would be forced to take Ray Lewis despite his uh, maybe climbing the ladder in age a little bit. But if you were to go back 10 years, I might take Gronk because then I would hope that I could at least get the entire New England Patriots tandem of tight ends, which would then include Aaron Hernandez, who also killed somebody. Well, at least there'd be a murder. Or or actually numerous people. At least there'd be a murder in both sides of the fight at that point. Yeah, which, I mean, we'd like to make things fair. If you're going to promote fairness. We like balance. All right, here we go. Legitimate killers. Here we go. Uh, I'll I'll, um, amend the question slightly then. Gronk? And Aaron Hernandez <laughs> versus Ray Lewis, and you can pick uh, which of Ray Lewis's famous team teammates from Baltimore: Ed Reed oh. or Terrell Suggs. Oh God, to me, Terrell Suggs is a scary guy. Or Bart Scott. There were a lot of scary Baltimore defensive yeah, players. Yeah, man. Th- right. They, they put together some scary defense over the years. Bart Scott was scary. Your first question. I'm still like I'm trying to come up with another way to like. Give position two people together that are just so polarizingly different in the realm of a death battle. Like, you're be like, out of these two Italian guys, who is more likely to kill you, Papa John or John Gotti? Depends. Are you a white person? Because if so, I, I'll say John Gotti. Do you think Papa John... Oh, well, right, right. I'm, no, I don't know where this is going. Yeah, I'm curious. The, the angle here is if you're any other race, Papa John, because he's a fucking racist. There's a Papa John... Racist thing? That's why Papa John's not in the commercials anymore. That's why it's Shaq now. I feel like Papa I, I feel like Papa I John got like fired from the company essentially because he said a bunch of racist shit. Ah. And that's why they went and got Shaq with gobs of money. <laughs> um, I think Shaq was. Already well, no, Shaq there. was already there, but yeah. I mean, no, like Shaq has like upped his investment and shit. Like Shaq, like Shaq has juice in the company now. Ah, juice, juice. That was a good one. That was a fucking good one. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Listen. I, I everything about those those dominant Baltimore Ravens defenses. Those guys just all seem like not only physically gifted, monstrous dudes, but they seem legitimately like mean, angry football players. They would have been like the bounty gate guys that never got caught. 
Yeah. Remember the Saints bounty gate thing? Uh, I'm pretty confident that that was going on in Baltimore, too. Future note for us, a hilarious bracket thing to do would Mm. be like uh, 1 through 16 of teams we think could commit large crimes and get away with it because they, as a collective, sweep it under the rug and hide it well. And I think this Baltimore defense is a strong contender in this bracket. Number one seed. Maybe number two seed, probably. Minimum. Mm, Yeah, minimum two seed. Yeah, uh, but that'd be a fun list to make. That's it. That's the whole question. Two more questions. Hit me. Do you want the one-part question or the two-part question? They're actually both pretty short well, uh, give me the one-part question first. I'll finish on the two-parter. What is your favorite sports video game? Ooh, all time. Yeah. I'm going to give you a top three. God. So yep. I'll, I'll make it quick here. Number three, Mario Golf. I don't think I ever played Mario Golf. Oh, tons of fun. You like a golf video game. I, I do. I know this yeah. about you. Yeah. yeah, I like Golden Tee. I like the Tiger franchise, which I think is now the, the Rory franchise. Uh, correction. Mario Golf is now on the outside looking in. It's been bumped for Golden Tee because I forgot about Golden Tee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Golden Tee is better than Mario Golf, but Mario Golf was the first best golf game I thought of, so I wanted to give it. I wanted to give a golf game number three because golf video games are fucking fun. Is there a new-ish rendition of Mario Golf? Uh, there's one that came out this year, in fact. That fits new. Yep, good. Yeah, does. Uh, if, maybe last year. It was either last year or this year, but either way, quite new. Uh, yeah, there's some new Mario Golf out there. Uh, so that's my, my, my tie number three, Mario Golf and Golden Tee. Uh, my number two... I had a good, I'll come back to number two, because I can't think of it right now. <laughs> I lost it. But you don't, Okay. No. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I got it back. Oh. Uh, NHL 93. On Sega Genesis. Ooh. Um, God, both of my fucking... All my answers are old man answers. Damn it, I just did it to myself again. I, I, I got to point out a couple things. First of all, that was... At that point, it was NHL PA 93. I don't know why the game was sponsored by the Players Association, but I vividly remember this game, and it was NHL PA 93. Also, the one that is played in Swingers, when you can make the guy's head bleed. Nice. Good yeah. little fun fact. Love that. Yeah, we're... Uh, uh, Vince Vaughn's character injures the, uh, oh, God, what was the guy who was named after, like, a Johnny Cash? Stu? Or Sue? I don't remember. It's been a very long he time. He injures his, his Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Playing as the Blackhawks. And then uh, number one is also a tie. <laughs> I'm, so I'm really cramming five things into my top three. This is. Uh, NBA Jam. Uh-huh. Which is 50% for the gameplay and the fun of it, and 50% for the on fire. The commentary is through the roof. Through yeah. the roof. Incredible stuff. And then the co number one, but the real number one, but only because I actually just thought of it, which is why I suddenly made a tie at number one Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Oh. Actually, I'm sorry, three. I'm going to get three is the pinnacle of the series for me. So when you can start altering your manuals and shit, really gets, really gets awesome. Three was a really good one. I had actually forgotten about the Tony Hawk franchise. Tony I did, too, until I was like amazing. about to get to my number one and realized, shit, I'm leaving off my true favorite sports video game franchise yeah. of all time. Even the later Tony Hawk games, like Underground, those were those yeah, were They were all super fun. Too, all of them were good. Uh, the first Underground actually had a really cool story, too. The Underground 2 with, like, Bam Margera got a bit weird, and then, like, the thing that followed that got really weird, but they were all fun still. Yeah, that's my uh, those that's favorite sports game of all time. There were I a gave couple, you five. There were a couple uh, 
couple segments of that game, a couple challenges that involved like tagging things with spray paint cans. Like I don't know, I couldn't get behind that all that much. But that was like the only thing about the game that I didn't think was sweet. Nick is here to tell you, folks, he does not care for your graffiti shenanigans. I will not. I you will not endorse this. You damn kids and your damn graffiti. All right, I got a question for you now. A little ASMR paper flick. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, this one. Um, this definitely is not a sports relevant question remotely. I don't. I, uh, there's no vague connection to sports here. If instead of evolving from monkeys, mm. humans had evolved from blank, what would you choose? Oh. Would you go like an amphibious route? Like I can. A bird route? I can take this in any direction I want. This any has fucking nothing direction to you do want. with no, athletic, no athletic ability in any string. way. String. Yeah, it's literally just if we had evolved from a different wow. creature, what would we be like now? We evolve into a humanoid type shape and form still, like not like the skin and everything. Just like I mean, like walking upright. Basically, is keep, keeping that part. Well, I like the skin part of it. I'd like to keep that. I mean, you could have like. Uh, you know, like scales or feathers or like whatever else is said yeah. if you're evolving from whatever other type of creature. Do we maintain verbal abilities? Yes. Yeah, so we, we we become the sentient creatures this we are now. Strictly a you and I physical... would be sitting here podcasting right now. Okay. But we would look like blank. All right. Um. Boy, this is an idea that has some serious legs. Could have many legs, depending what you I think. know. I know. I think I'm going to... I'm going to eliminate the possibility of something that comes with a lot of legs, because I don't necessarily know if I see where having more legs is a gift inherently, right? I feel like it would really complicate seating in large-scale venues. Yeah. How do you put 100,000 100, people in a football stadium? Everybody has more legs. I mean, unless you're, like, a, a super sick climber because of the legs. But Fashion, even that, is it, like, really worth But then everyone out? is. Fashion goes to a totally different, disastrous sense. Imagine people that shave their legs, more shaving of legs, more legs to shave. Mm. I don't want to deal with more faces. I only want to shave this one. Fair. Yeah, no, you're... Uh, you're so we're going to put legs... The, the idea of it has something involving wings is, is appealing, but I, I, I have this notion that flight... I feel like it just automatically turns you into something that's that's prey instead of a predator. And I want to maintain our... Listen, I've said this. I've been on the record as saying that one of the best things about being... A, about my life in general is that I never have to worry about anything eating me. On the record. I've said this. I've just said it again. Like, it's... Almost everything else on this planet dies because it gets eaten by something else. I don't have this concern. I'm much more gifted than most other creatures on Earth. Just by... Never having to worry about being eaten. Nice, dude. Proud of you. So I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. And I think uh, combining... Not being eaten. I think what I'd like to do is I would be more eager to expand under the water than I would be in the air. Ooh. But I don't want to lose our ability to not predominantly live under the water. So I'm, I'm going to take it in an, in an amphibious direction because I like the ability to be above and below sea level, right? Dig it. All right. Give it, give it to me. So I think I would – yeah, oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go some type of a 
a frog-legged merman creature oh, that nice. has the All ability right. to explore deep under the depths of the sea, but also live above ground. So you're talking like human-ish upper body mm-hmm. frog legs instead of traditional male mermaid tail? Exactly. Yeah. So somewhere along the way, a monkey fucked a frog, but also did it in the ocean. There is... I don't know why I'm bringing this up. There is a theory. Please. That is not exactly accepted, but it's not at all discounted, that the octopus legitimately traveled to Earth from a different planet. Uh, Because the octopus has DNA that does not match anything else on the planet Earth. So I could can I just be like a space frog man that yeah. got here on a comet or something? Dude, fuck yeah, sure. I'm not. I'm into. It. I was just asking questions. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to pick apart your uh, mer frog. Well, I mean, it's not that I'm necessarily against the idea of monkeys and frogs getting down either. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, consensual sex between creature and creature. You know, just living their lives. Can you insert frog and monkey noises here? I can. Hopefully, if not simultaneously, at least back to back. Yeah, I like I'll, I'll I'll do my best for you, buddy. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I like it, man. No, it's uh, so it's like uh, Murfrog, man. Yeah, <laughs> I just made that name up like Man Bear Pig, essentially. <laughs> where I'm just like, let's take a syllable of all this. Nice. I like Murfrog, man. Murfrog, man. Cool. Hell yeah! All right, uh, give me your last question. What is the worst pick you have ever made? In a fantasy sports draft. Oh, this one's really easy. Also, (laughs) worst pick you have ever witnessed somebody else make. Ooh, that one will be a little harder to think back on. Um, But my worst pick has to be my first year when I went Terrell Owens in like the second or third round because I just like panicked and it was a name I knew and it was like... Not good Terrell Owens Was it anymore. that late over the hill, Terrell Owens, at that point? Yeah, but it was like before the final resurgence where he had that final good year. It was like the year before he had that bounce back and had one last really good season. Uh-huh. It was one of the bad years before that last good year. And yeah, I got him in the second round, I'm pretty sure. I think I, I remember I believe this. I went Maurice Jones-Drew in the first round because it was what oh. my list told me to do, even though I didn't know who he was because... I didn't know anything, anything about football yet. I think I remember this happening. And then in the second round, I panicked, and I knew the name Terrell Owens and just took him. Have you ever I've, – I've made this mistake a couple different times. Have you ever – like, we almost always talk about drafting in person because it's 100 times better than drafting Oh, I love online. an in-person but draft the, so much more. The world is going the way that it's going, and online drafts are substantially more prevalent. But have you ever fallen – victim to having put somebody in your queue that you like just didn't want to forget about like many many rounds later and then running out of time and getting that person like preposterously early because Um, this has happened to me that's never happened to me in uh in a real draft it's happened to me in mock drafts before oh but it's never happened to me luckily in a real draft yeah i've done it before more than once to the point where it's like like getting ridiculed in like the chat window because of how stupid it was. Yeah, and I'm like, ah, it's. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, it just kind of happened, uh, man, you know. Uh, and worst pick you've ever witnessed somebody else make. Um, who did, who did the supreme mother wisher used to take <laughs> that? Uh, fucking, it's a very specific player that he took like four years in a row for that had no business being drafted like three of the four years. Um. This could be one of two people. 
Is it the <laughs> the guy that I'm thinking of? Is Chris Cooley? Is that who That's, you're thinking? Yeah, of? Yeah, I'm thinking of Chris Cooley. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Do yes. you remember why this happened? No, I don't, because I was too drunk at all of these drafts. Which makes sense, as well as the person that used to do this. But he he used to claim he would always take Chris Cooley, uh, tight end of the then Washington Redskins. In the so this did happen many years in a row, like you it said. Did. And in the early years, it was just like very premature. It was just drafted like many rounds too early. And then I think toward the end, it was like he probably shouldn't. It's just been a running joke of the draft. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was a joke. I think he was just substantially worse than he was years ago. But he just kept taking him anyway. Yeah. He used to he used to claim that apparently Chris Cooley was a very well endowed individual. That's why he used to draft him every. Oh, he drafted him for his large penis. That's it. Yeah. That's a, that's a, I mean, I've heard worse reasons for drafting somebody. Merfrog men, by the way. Well hung. You understand where I'm going with this. Yeah. Uh, I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. That's uh, So I'd say that's the worst pick I've ever witnessed is multiple years in a row of Chris Cooley strictly because he had a large dong. It was also a year he took Colt Brennan, the, the Kauai quarterback, that I think actually also played for the Redskins at the time. That, like, wasn't even... I don't even think he was even a backup quarterback. Like, I didn't think he was like their third string quarterback. Damn, rough. Same guy. Yeah. But, I mean, at that point, it was almost a moral victory that he just lasted the entire, without leaving. Oh, I remember that draft. I actually yeah. remember the year that we celebrated. <laughs> he was there until the end. Still there. Which I was very impressed by. Still yeah. enjoying draft day. Yeah. All right. Uh, what sport would invisibility be most helpful? Ooh. Are you. When you dis okay, I, I assume that you're not permanently invisible, right? Do you have like an invisibility gift that you can turn on and off at times, or are you yeah, just yeah, never yeah. visible? No, you, you turn it on and off. You, okay, you control it. All right. So I don't think that I see any benefit to invisibility in baseball. I don't think that really would ever do you much good. I mean, like. You could like. There's not not much. Have a very good. creative defensive shift, like where somebody hitting wouldn't know where you were. That's not that all that advantageous. Yeah, you I can mean, rule out baseball. Like, I think you're like middle in your middle outfielder can be like <laughs> invisible, so like hitters think they're hitting into an open middle space. Out, middle outfielder. Yeah, it's like middle and left and right, right? I don't know. <laughs> is that not the terminology used? Oh my god. <laughs> um, is this a left fielder, right fielder, center, center, center fielder, just center yeah. fielder? Center fielder. <laughs> I like middle better. I know. Yeah, all right. Anyway, yeah, I agree. Baseball is not the strongest contender here. Yeah. Um, also, when you do activate your invisibility, I assume that nobody can see you. Like, not just the other team, but even your own team Correct. can't see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't make other people magically see you. Okay. Yeah, you're completely invisible. All right. This is interesting. So I think I'm also going to eliminate basketball because there's not a lot of benefit to being invisible. If you have the ball, because then people just see a ball dribbling and they know where you are. Stands to reason. And if you don't have the ball, your teammates can't really pass to you because they don't know where you are. You'd have to come up with a code. Like, if you yell, fight milk, you know that it's time to someone to throw an alley-oop to you and you can just run up and get it once you hear the words fight milk. I think, man, I really... Funny, as you're going through the list, I'm realizing it's actually not that beneficial a superpower in that many uh, sports overall. Well, I mean, maybe, I guess, should I just assume that if you're, like, you, it's not beneficial 
in a sport where that involves passing, right? So hockey, soccer, basketball, those are pretty much out the window immediately, right? Right. Unless you assume that you can be invisible when you have the ball and the ball is just invisible with you. Yeah. I mean, like... Maybe you take away that assumption. Football, if you've got, like, a really good quarterback in terms of just, like, counting counting to a very specific number Ooh. at a good cadence and then just throwing the ball to a spot where no one is but the, the invisible receiver knows to go. Yeah. But that involves just a lot of trust and hoping your invisible guy gets the right mark. I think right I time. think you might be I But I think you there's might a lot of plays in the right direction. Can, I, I, I think, think football that seems more useful than the others off the top. More of timing based passes in football to where you can build up enough trust to just know where you have to throw the ball. Yeah. Well, cuz there's a play clock play clock. Yeah. A play clock to start. It's the cockroaches. Off. Yeah, the cockroaches really wish they had an invisible wide receiver. Could really set themselves apart. Yeah, because there's a play clock. So you, you snap the ball and you do like four Mississippis and you throw it to the 47-yard hash mark over there. Yeah. I think this works in football more than anything else because you could also have the invisibility uh, skill activated while you're returning kicks. Because even if we assume that the ball itself is not invisible, like – I mean, you're on a field with 21 other football players, right? Like, they're going to have a hard time just seeing a ball running around. Right. Like, if you can't see the guy with it, like, you're going to be able to elude a lot of people while invisible. Yeah. Returning kicks. Yeah, I think football seems like the most rational pick here. Off the top of the dome. Is there a way, like, like what if you Oh, not you're... defense. Think about being, like, a roving, invisible yeah. defender. Yeah. You uh... could bounty gate the hell out of some people. <laughs> You can really jack some people uh, invisible. Rugby? Man. You can really fuck some people up in rugby as an I would invisible just, man? I, I, I would just probably spend most of my time while playing rugby or English, uh, or Aussie uh, rules football. Football? Like, I would just be pantsing people, I think, if I were invisible. I respect that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it'd be a good way to like make sure that no one really knew where you were, right? Because if, if you're running around with a ball, you're like, God, where's the invisible guy? Oh, shit, that guy just lost his pants. I guess he's over there. Yeah. But then you could... Then you sneak away. You can be deceptive about where you are on the field. Yeah. That makes sense. I, uh, yeah, I think soccer, there, there's some strengths oh. in soccer. Fencing? <laughs> Fencing invisible? <laughs> yeah, how does anyone stab you? How do they get any points? The invisible fencing like, would probably be a Yeah, they can see your sword, good. but they don't know, like... Boxing? <laughs> <laughs> You're just standing in the ring in the first round. It's like it's just like w- looking around for an opponent, and then you just get fucking knocked out. You're legitimately like the little dude in the first Mike Tyson's game ever. Like you're just like a set of gloves, like socking people. Well, because in my question, I meant to frame that your clothing would be invisible. Good. With well, you. I assume that. So but... the boxing gloves are they okay. not clothing? Because they're gloves. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's. Uh, I guess those are invisible. Yeah. I don't think the ball should be invisible, though. I think that's no, I think that's fair. I, I agree. I think that's too much. Yeah, yeah, um, But, yeah, like boxing. Yeah, if you're just completely invisible, including your boxing Let's just, gloves, you're just going to win every match. Uh, Muay Thai fighting. No gloves. Bare hand boxing. <laughs> Perfect. Everybody, everybody's boxing. happy. Everybody's happy. <laughs> Except the guy that's fighting the invisible guy. Yeah, that guy's very unhappy. <laughs> For all 30 seconds he's in the ring before he just gets knocked out by someone he doesn't see. Nice. All right. I think we covered the invisibility options pretty well. Nick, another fun edition of Grab Pile. Since Always. there was no bag this time. Always. Although, to be fair, the first time the bag was a box. So grab you know, box. The gra- <laughs> yeah, grab box just has different type of implications. Yeah. Next time it'll be pile driver, which has lots of implications as well. For that yeah. matter. Indeed. But, uh, you know, great times here in the underground. 
Want to thank all you crazy people out there for listening to us here at D2B2 Sports. Oh, got any, got any good D2s for the day? Got a good D2 or a good B2 for me? Um, I've got a I've got a pretty fun uh, baseball stat of the day. Actually, Ooh, right? Nick's old ass baseball stat of the day. Here we you go. You know how I, I I'm I'm clearly a numbers guy by nature, and I have a lot of fun when like weird things just coincidentally play out in the world of numbers, which seems to happen in baseball like all the time, right? But um, Aaron Judge, Yankees right fielder, center fielder, more often than not this year, who is. Uh, on pace to break the American League home run record. One could call it the clean home run record if you want to assume that Bonds and McGuire and Sosa were all juicing when they broke the record in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, which I think we all have accepted by now. But even if you leave that alone, we can legitimately call it the American League record, right? Uh, The record is 61 home runs, which was set in 1961, which is 61 Years ago, set by Roger Maris, who wore number nine, and is now in position to possibly be broken by Aaron Judge, who wears number 99. Oh, interesting. It's kind of funny how weird things like that play out in the sports world sometimes, right? Fascinating. Yeah. Take it. That's it. Take it indeed. My uh, my D2 of the day Go. is double dicks. <laughs> I, just, I just found out mere days ago. That, that you shark, actually have two. Never mind. That sharks have two dicks. <laughs> this is a thing I didn't know about until mere days ago. Um, two dicks on sharks. I don't think I knew sharks have uh. two dicks. I know they regrow their teeth, which is yeah, that's crazy fucked too. up because yeah. teeth are bones, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, that's I'm my D two of the day is double dicks. For double the dicks. And my other my my B two of the day <laughs> is now body bags. For the celebrity death match that we just watched Gronk lose in. <laughs> I don't know if you were going to follow up the, the double dicks and just go something like, which stands for big balls, because I just learned that gorillas have big balls. Oh, well, I mean, I always assumed gorillas had big balls. I Maybe you're watching the Nature Channel. I don't know what you've been up to. That's I haven't true. seen you in two days. That's true, man. It's been such a long time. Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. D2B2 Sports. Like, follow, subscribe, do those various things that all the podcasts tell you you should do all the time because it really helps podcasts and you should do it all the time. Uh, throw up those five-star ratings. Make sure to talk shit in the comments if you want to. Just throw up the five-star ratings. It's like know? the most efficient description of that I've ever heard in my life. Thanks. Just do all the things that the podcast guys say to do because it's important that you do them. Yeah, it helps. It. it helps the podcast people. You listen to them. Why not help them too? It's cool. And like we said, we love when you talk shit or compliment in the comments. Either side makes us pretty happy. So we want we want to hear you unload on us down there. Uh, also, make sure to check out all the fun things happening over here at Good Fun Media. We've got After the Laugh Track popping off with all sorts of sitcom-related hijinks. Every Thursday. We've got Morons of the Multiverse. Debuting Monday, October 24th, and dropping new episodes every Wednesday. Going nuts, talking about all things Marvel and comic book nerd movie fandom and all those type of topics. We just really appreciate that you guys keep listening to our nonsense and our shenanigans. We get down. Get down with us. We love it. And uh, once again, you stay classy, planet Earth.
Thank you.